Hello, hi, and welcome. That's hello to everyone I don't know, hi to those I do, and of course, welcome to all of you. This is C-L-L-M-E, watch, wait, and see. Those of you who have been paying attention will have noticed that I have used the term watch, wait and see a few times. And I think it well worth just explaining what that actually means. But before we get into that, let's revisit the thought I left you with last time. Following my first appointment, did it change anything? Well, I can say the short answer is not really. So let's dig into that one a bit more. All the appointment did was to confirm my diagnosis and reassure me that in the immediate short term I did not require treatment. That is not to say I could continue life as before. I did need to be careful and protect myself from infections and that's something you certainly don't want to hear during a worldwide pandemic for a highly infectious and potentially serious virus. Although I do think the first appointment did make things feel a bit more real. I guess, in part, this was probably the start of the acceptance of the condition and my journey. So, as I said, Nothing really changed for me, but I do know some people will have a totally different situation and things would need to change for them sooner rather than later. And in some cases, treatment may need to start almost immediately. Anyway, let's get back to watch, wait and see. And what does that actually mean? Let's start to break it down. Watch. This is a period of routine monitoring and testing to see how a condition is changing over time. Wait. The doctors wish to wait to see how the condition changes before they decide on their next course of action. And see. Well, basically, let's see how the condition changes before we decide what to do. There is no clinical need to change what we are doing currently, at least in the short term. As you can see, this is basically what it says on the tin. The hard bit for me as the patient is I don't really know how long this phase will go on for. And let's be fair, neither do my doctors. After all, everyone is different. And how the condition changes over time, and for that matter, how quickly or slowly someone progresses, will be unique to them. It would be unfair to leave things here. While the doctors can share an educated guess, that is based on someone's test results, and their experience. The truth is, 
that it is just an informed guess. And there is no way that it can be anything more than this. Although I do accept in most cases it can be a useful guide, if nothing else. And if you follow a typical path for your condition, they can give you a fairly good indication as to how long this phase may last. So, what does that mean for me? With my confirmed diagnosis for CLL, basically it means for me that I will need to have a routine blood test every 6 to 12 months. This is to monitor the changes in my progression and see how quickly, or for that matter, slowly, CLL is progressing in my case. After this, a plan can then be put in place to start any treatment at the correct time. Although I had no idea how long this stage would last, I was told to expect things to remain unchanged for at least three to five years. And then they would be able to decide on the next steps. But having said that, that could still result in no additional treatment being required at that time. And the watch, wait and see period still continuing. While this might not sound that bad, and in reality it is not, it does mean that I am left watching and waiting along with my doctors, which is not great for the anxiety and makes it difficult to plan for the medium term. The reality of this is that I am left learning to cope with my condition and manage my anxiety. That is while waiting for things to develop over time, or at least until I know what the next steps will be. It is the not knowing how long this will take that is the hardest part, especially given the estimation I had been given and that it could be years before any changes or treatment would be required. So in my case, what were they actually monitoring? Well, for me, the key indicator was my white blood cell count. And at least with this knowledge, along with the understanding of what could trigger my next review, does help me to keep informed about how my condition is progressing over time. When I was first diagnosed, my white blood cell count was only slightly greater than a pregnant woman. This is something which made me smile, being neither pregnant or a woman, but still three times greater than a normal male of my age. I was also told that there was no plans to even consider treating my condition until it had progressed and my white blood cell count was at least three times its then level. 
And even then, when it reached this threshold, there would just be a review rather than necessarily additional treatment. So let's get into the details of the advice that I was given to follow during this initial phase of watch, wait and see. Well, basically, it was very simple and can be summed up as the following. Limit contact with people, primarily because of the risk involved with catching COVID-19, but also to the reduce the chance of any infections. It is important to avoid anyone with an infectious condition, which of course is a lot easier to say than do, certainly during the pandemic. After all, it's not as if everyone is walking around with a big sign on to say, I am infectious, stay away. Although being serious, this is more about avoiding large gatherings and crowds, especially in confined spaces. Let's be honest, at the time, this guidance was initially the same as it was for everybody during the pandemic. And everybody in the UK was following very similar guidance around not meeting up or mixing with large numbers and in confined spaces. With perhaps a little bit more emphasis on the don't meet up with people, if you can avoid it, was being placed on me. As the rest of the population had their guidance and restrictions reduced, as the pandemic eased, for people like myself, who had a weakened immune system, the guidance remained unchanged until September 2021, some considerable time after it had been eased for the most of the population. However, the underlying medical advice about limiting risk by limiting contact with people carrying infectious conditions was not likely to change and was good sound advice for someone like myself with a weakened immune system. So, having said that, here is one last thought to leave you with. Given that the unknown can be one of our greatest fears, being in a period of undetermined length and being asked to continue waiting before a decision is made about what is to happen next. What could you do to reduce your fears and anxiety? So until next time, thank you for joining me and I invite you to continue on my journey when I will explain the holiday dilemma. Thank you.